Good morning to everyone. <clears throat> this morning I'd like to share with you a teaching from the Buddha. Um, as I was standing just now looking at the Buddha Rupa, I, I often look and uh, wish that this time together be of benefit to you and to me. And um, often I, I look at the the image and uh, pick up on maybe different resonances or um, aspects of that uh, that uh, image resonates in me and often I feel really inspired and uh, this morning I I just sense that kind of slight smile, kind of knowing, kind of kind, it's it's possible to be at peace in this life. So take some encouragement from that when it can feel very elusive. So I'd like to share a teaching, I, <clears throat> one, of, one of the ones I, I love, um, and it's the five aggregates, and if you know this, uh, it's, it uses imagery, and talked a bit about imagery, to help us to connect with experience, to help us to cultivate to incline in certain ways and the Buddha was just brilliant with similes so these are the similes for the each of the five aggregates so depending on what we know and understand of those and how much we work with them you know, can just sense kind of as, as I'll, I'll read it and just sense the invitation to see our experience in a particular way again just as an invitation just to see how what unfolds with that um, with the body and pleasure and pain and perception and we might include thoughts with that sankara the patterning all the multitude of Patterns, mental activity, and a consciousness. No, so the knowing of anything. So this was one of the Buddha's ways of talking about dukkha, the the five aggregates subject to clinging. So this is one of the ways the Buddha offers this invites us to see and investigate our, our experience in this way and in this, in, this, in this teaching particularly to sense the insubstantiality 
of, of experience, whatever it might be. Uh, I like this word, insubstantiality. Bhikkhu Bodhi also uses the words void, hollow. Uh, so maybe, yeah, as an invitation to us to open to sensing or seeing our experience us having that quality void or empty or insubstantial again some different for different ones of us but that's the word that somehow resonates most helpfully for me so I'm going to invite you to join me on the bank of the river the river Ganges And the Buddha offers these reflections to some practitioners. I don't know why that moves me so much. I guess it just does sometimes. And we sit here in a similar, just human beings, you know, with a uh, wish to awaken or however you might put that, hearing these, hearing these teachings, just as they did, perhaps not exactly as they did, but as they did all that time ago, um, 2,600 years ago or so in northern India. I'm going to change a few of the words to make it more inclusive. And before I start, if you want to look this up, it's page 343 in, in Bhikkhu Bodhi's blue book in, in the Buddha's words. It's, it's in the library. On one occasion, the Blessed One was dwelling at Ayodhya on the bank of the river Ganges. There the Blessed One addressed the practitioners thus. Practitioners, suppose that this river Ganges was carrying along a great lump of foam. A person with good sight would inspect it, ponder it and carefully investigate it and it would appear to them to be void, hollow, insubstantial. For what substance could there be in a lump of foam? So too, practitioners, whatever kind of form there is, whether past, future or present, 
internal or external, gross or subtle, inferior or superior, far or near. A practitioner inspects it, ponders it and carefully investigates it and it would appear to them to be void, hollow, insubstantial. For what substance could there be in form? Suppose, practitioners, that in the autumn, when it is raining and big raindrops are falling, a water bubble arises and bursts on the surface of the water. A person with good sight would inspect it, ponder it, and carefully investigate it. And it would appear to them to be void, hollow, insubstantial. For what substance could there be in a water bubble? So too, practitioners, whatever kind of feeling there is, whether past, future or present, internal or external, gross or subtle, inferior or superior, far or near. A practitioner inspects it ponders it and carefully investigates it and it would appear to them to be void, hollow, insubstantial. For what substance could there be in feeling? Suppose, practitioners, that in the last month of the hot season, at high noon, a shimmering mirage appears. A person with good sight would inspect it, ponder it, and carefully investigate it, and it would appear to them to be void, hollow, insubstantial, For what substance could there be 
in a mirage. So too, practitioners, whatever kind of perception there is, whether past, future, or present, internal or external, gross or subtle, inferior or superior, far or near. A practitioner inspects it, ponders it, and carefully investigates it, and it would appear to them to be void, hollow, insubstantial. For what substance could there be in perception? Suppose, practitioners, and that a person needing heartwood, seeking heartwood, wandering in search of heartwood, would take a sharp axe and enter a forest. There they would see the trunk of a large banana tree, straight, fresh, without a fruit bud core. They would cut it down at the root, cut off the crown and unroll the coil. As they unroll the coil, they would not find even softwood, let alone heartwood. A person with good sight would inspect it, ponder it and carefully investigate it. And it would appear to them to be void, hollow, insubstantial. For what substance could there be in the trunk of a banana tree? So too, practitioners, whatever kind of volitional formations there are, whether past, future, or present, internal or external, gross or subtle, inferior or superior, far or near, A practitioner inspects them, ponders them, and carefully investigates them. As they investigate them, they appear to them to be void, hollow, insubstantial. For what substance could there be 
in volitional formations. Suppose, practitioners, that a magician or a magician's apprentice would display a magical illusion at a crossroads. A person with good sight would inspect it, ponder it and carefully investigate it. And it would appear to them to be void, hollow, insubstantial. For what substance could there be in a magical illusion? So too, practitioners... Whatever kind of consciousness there is, whether past, future, or present, internal or external, gross or subtle, inferior or superior, far or near, a practitioner inspects it ponders it and carefully investigates it and it would appear to them to be void, hollow, insubstantial. For what substance could there be in consciousness? Seeing thus, practitioners, the instructed noble disciple becomes disenchanted with form, disenchanted with feeling, disenchanted with perception, disenchanted with volitional formations, disenchanted with consciousness. Becoming disenchanted they become dispassionate. Through dispassion, the mind is liberated. When it is liberated, there comes the knowledge. It's liberated. They understand. Destroyed is birth. The spiritual life has been lived. What had to be done, has been done. There is no more coming back into any state of being.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.